0: there's a stranger right outside the door says take what you need from your dreams make them as real as anything it'll take all the work out of
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Corner of Gray Street podcast. I'm Bruce, as you know, and we've got a special guest this week. Nolan. Hey, Nolan. How's it going? Oh, hey, Bruce. I'm great. How are you? Just surviving quarantine life, man. Just, um, you know, not doing like the rest of the Floridians and going out to the beach immediately upon opening.
2: Oh, God. Well, thank you for being a normal human being. (laughs) So now it's time to kick it to a friend of the show, Matt Norlander, the rankings and DMB bracket king. Matt, how's it going?
3: Gentlemen, it's good to be with you. Um, am I the first repeat, if I'm not, that's fine, but I'm just curious. Am I the first repeat guest on the Corner of Gray Street podcast? You are. Okay. I think that officially does make me a friend of the podcast, but it's great to be with you on this uh, gray day up here in Connecticut We've yet to have a 65-degree day. I know you gentlemen uh, have the benefit slash drawback of living in the uh, more southern regions of our great country, Uh, so you have have had opportunities to go outside and uh, exercise and do things as necessary. We've only had a few opportunities, so I'm glad to be able to be here with you, pass some time, and provide some insight, some opinion, maybe... Catch some arrows for the rankings, and whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, what you want to get into, I am I'm prepared for all of it. So let's get rolling. Awesome.
1: Again, Matt, thanks for joining us, um, hopping on on this Saturday afternoon, and um, you know we really appreciate it. And you know now that you have next to nothing to do besides rank three million Dave Matthews Band songs, um, you know how has quarantine life been for you? Obviously, kind of boring if you're going to rank that many songs. And um, just kind of give us some insight (laughs) into the life of a... Um, music expert?
3: Uh, definitely not a music expert, just an enthusiast. And it has not been boring. <laughs> I, the great thing about loving music is life never gets boring. The <laughs> the great thing about having children is life can never, ever, ever get boring. And I've been pretty oh, busy yes. uh, with the day job as well, uh, college basketball and all that stuff. So it just, not just with the tournament ending and the season ending abruptly and college basketball being hit immediately harder than any major American sport. Um, there remain mm-hmm. so many questions about uh what the ncaa and what college basketball can or will do um and that's going to continue and not just with like okay college players going to the draft and rules changing recruiting periods changing even things like well will the season even start on time next season uh and if it doesn't how far could it get pushed back even those conversations are happening um Mm -hmm. at this stage already so yeah i understand that uh, plenty of people probably listening to this podcast um might have some downtime but um kind of the nature of the gig is uh to keep tabs on things on a on a near daily basis and then of course I uh I have the Ion College basketball podcast on CBS Sports with my co-host Gary Parrish. If you've come upon this podcast and find yourself to be someone who enjoys college basketball, do be sure to check that out. Five stars nice reviews just as hopefully you've done with uh <laughs> with this one. But that's that's largely it, and uh, I know we might touch on one or two things before we get to the rankings themselves, but I will say um, part of why I did it, yes, was the quarantine and all that stuff. but when I was looking back through some story stuff for college basketball, I've got a Google Drive and I was kind of just doing some house cleaning on like stuff that I don't need anymore. And I was mm-hmm. really scrolling deeply into it. And I discovered in 2014, I kind of threw together on a, du- a Google Doc about 90 songs in order. Um, but it wasn't like an official order. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when I did this. And um, so then I was like, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna actually going to rank this whole thing out. So then I had to come up with a methodology. So that's why it actually came to be. And I was like, you know what? There's no time better than now, particularly because... Even though it hasn't been officially announced as of us recording this podcast, there is no shot DMB is playing a live show in, in a traditional venue for the rest of 2020. That's just simply not going to happen. Crowds are not going to be allowed to convene uh, for the rest of this year. So I wanted to provide something for fans that could uh, certainly make them <laughs> angry, uh, but enthusiastic, <laughs> and just allow them to have a little bit of fun there. Uh, ranking things in a bracket is not the most original thing in the world, but it is always entertaining and a fun exercise and it's been really cool to see the the reactions and responses from so many
2: oh yeah it's been awesome to to go through and read and dive into and uh well, you've been busy with all the rankings with uh, this and college hoops i saw your list of greatest college basketball games and i'm glad to see that you got number one right
3: <laughs> i did nolan refers to uh I, I went back and i looked at every uh ncw tournament since 85 when it went from um 48 teams to 64 and ranked the 101 best NCAA tournament games and uh, the number one kind of indisputable greatest game of all time is uh, Duke over Kentucky, 92, Elite Eight, 104, 103, and overtime. So, yes, that's uh, – Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I just wanted to clarify for those that might not get the reference, that's what he is referring to. But, yeah, that did precede uh, my DMB ranking.
2: Yes. <laughs> I had to bring it up. I
1: watched it with uh, my six-month-old son the other day, the full game. Good stuff. Matt, so uh, you were in the middle of the biggest month, you know, almost in sports, March Madness. Um, Where were you and what was going on and what went through your mind? What was the scene like when you found out, like, hey, if you were at a college tournament, if you were, you know, wherever you were, what was going on when you found out, hey, this is about to get canceled and the uh, NCAA tournament is going to be canceled as well? Like,
3: paint that scene for us. I'm sure it was a little... Odd. Yeah, I'll be brief with it, because um, that was just a wild week for the country, and the uh, the seminal moment was when, uh, in a span of five minutes, word comes out that Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus, and then the NBA season was going to be, it was suspended. Um, but prior to that, on Wednesday, uh, and I, I detailed this, I had a story that was kind of like behind closed doors, here's what happened uh, in the 48 hours leading up to the ending of the NCAA tournament. Uh, in a detail that might get lost to history, but I will uh, I'll repeat it and for as long as we talk about this kind of stuff. the NCAA was the first sports body to officially say fans cannot come to any of our games. It beat the NBA, it beat the NHL, it obviously beat baseball with its spring training stuff. The NFL wasn't in season, but the NCAA was the first body to say, no fans. That happened earlier on that Wednesday. When um, the Mm -hmm. NBA season was suspended that Wednesday night at around like 9.35 p.m. or so, I guess it was, that changed the conversation about coronavirus in our country, I think. Um, Because once you have major sports leagues halting, um, you know, life is just not going to be the same. And then... The next, so once that happened, we knew that the NCAA tournament was going to happen. It was just a matter of, all right, they're going to announce this on Thursday or Friday. And you just asked like where I was. I, I had the op- I had the opportunity if I wanted to take it to go into New York on Wednesday or Thursday to cover the Big East tournament. I live in Connecticut, so it's about an hour and twenty commute for me down uh, to the Garden and i decided against it um on wednesday and then once i knew i wasn't going wednesday i was going to go period and then there's a whole bunch yeah there's a whole bunch of other stuff that was going on but i'm not gonna bog down a dave matthew's band podcast with all this um i was never at a site which was good and then you know the next three days were just absolute insanity but that's uh that's that was now more than a month ago as we record this podcast and here we are
2: Mm -hmm. that's crazy and Everything just moves so fast, uh, especially those first couple days. And, you know, since then, obviously, everyone's been quarantined and staying at home. And one of those people staying at home has been Dave Matthews. And uh, he's done some pretty cool solo performances. Have you had a chance to, to catch any of those, especially in this past week? You know, he's on Colbert farm aid and did uh the Salesforce thing with chef jose
3: right so the first one i saw was when he did the verizon thing and that was cool because Mm -hmm. like i you know i didn't know what he was going to play but he played a more varied selection of songs than i expected uh particularly virginia in the rain which was cool i still prefer that song uh, to be uh, Rhodes piano driven, but the it's it's cool that he has a song when he starts playing it on guitar. You're thinking this is unusual. Uh, so I saw that first, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, did not see Farm Aid. Uh, I did see Colbert, and that was a nice little curveball because he didn't play the song we all thought he was going to play for John Prine. Right. That was awesome. Um, and a bit of inspiration just to to see that you know he's got older children. So I think all of his kids are now teenagers, or if not, his son, I think, is closing in on it. But um, the mm-hmm. point is, like, he's not like us in that uh, young kids, like, they just command so much more of your attention for so many reasons. Obviously, as you get older, you can be a little more independent. So the point I'm making is that he obviously is, he's been afforded some some real time here uh, to to learn some stuff, and hopefully he's writing some tunes as well, and... Uh we wait and see on that. So anyway, um that was cool and then yes, I saw So Put together this list and <laughs> I have never been as so the bracket goes out and we'll get to the bracket and we'll get to the rankings. I get all that. But the one thing I have to say, because it relates to the the stream, which I did not see live, um is that I have just never been a huge Gray Street fan. Like I like it, but I just don't love it. So uh, the list was not my. It wasn't me trying to project, like, okay, if you scientifically boil down every song, these would have to objectively be the best. No, it was more, this is the order of songs that uh, DMB and David's ever written that I prefer in order for the most part. And I did a little bit of moving here and there to say. You know this song probably needs to move up a few spots. I still like it enough because, uh, frankly, you know, if I have it this low or this high, like people are gonna have some issues with it. Um, one being blue right. water. Blue water for me, for me personally, is a top ten uh, DMB song, but I bumped it down a little bit. So anyway, uh, because of all that, I um, I was like, listen, like I have not. They have not played Gray Street at a concert in the past decade when. No matter where it was played when it started, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is awesome. This is what I want to hear right now." Or just like, "Oh cool, this is another one that's making this show better." It just has not—it has not yeah. done it for me. I remember going to shows in 2000 and being like, "This is the bomb diggity," and uh, that might be a direct quote of my 19-year-old self. But um, so the point is, <laughs> you lose the third verse. You even lose that like double crescendo of that fourth chorus. The way that it originally was in 2000, like, that form of the song, I would genuinely say, is a top 40 to 45 DMB song for me. But otherwise, it just doesn't rank that high. So I got just, by far, and I knew that was going to happen. I knew, like, when I made the the bracket, and if people weren't going to consult the listings and read it, the one overwhelming complaint that I would get is that Gray Street wasn't in it, which is why I allowed in a twist to, you can vote in two of the, pick any two damn songs you want, I don't care. You can put them in there, and then you can't say, why isn't this in it? No, it is in it, you just gotta write it in. So, the biggest reason that I included was that um, it just doesn't have the third verse, and without the third verse, and it hasn't had it for 18 years, so that's not, the song that you might like, well, the song at its at its, at its best, it just doesn't have it, so I, uh, I put it somewhere near 80, and, like, lo and behold, you've gotta be frickin' kidding me on this, um, I published that probably, I don't know, 11:30, 11:40 a.m. on Tuesday, April what 13th or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And within an hour, I'm not watching this 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 stream as it's being played, and he's playing like three songs or whatever. I'm I'm putting out the list. I'm responding to people on Twitter. I'm taking care of my kids or whatever. And then I get three people in the span of about two minutes, and I saw it about five or six minutes after they said it to me, saying. Cause I had tweet, cause someone had complained about it and I had quote tweeted them saying, listen, Gray Street's not right. It's not in the bracket because the head coach chooses to make this decision. So just take your complaints to him. And then he goes, and he actually likes, then he includes it. Like it's just the most absurd coincidence <laughs> of all time. So, uh, this is a long way winded way of answering. And I'll try not to be so long winded. Um, but because of that, I made an update on the Gray Street capsule on my rankings, if you will. If the song, whenever, see, here's the problem. Like, the band's not going to play together for who knows how long. So, this this can go two ways. Uh, let's say, let's just, let's be optimistic and say, DMB plays a show to a crowd for the first time again in May of 2021, okay? Okay um if they play gray street at that show and it doesn't have the first uh, it's just gonna it's this is gonna be a one-off thing wow but if they do include it going forward i will adjust the rankings after the fact accordingly but i will not be updating the bracket <laughs> well
2: that
1: makes sense great great job and thank you very much for bringing it back matt that was all you thank you dave did it despite you
3: I'm taking at least, like, 25% credit for this. I mean, it's absurd the uh, mojo or jinx, whatever you want to call it, that I put into the universe that it literally happens within an hour. It's unbelievable, man. Like, I could not – They said, I, I thought people were, like, joking at me. But th- this one person <laughs> in particular was like, you're not going to believe this. Like, he just sang the third verse on this live stream. And then eventually – Oh, it was I, nuts. Yeah, and then eventually I saw it, like – uh, I was, and then I wound up getting busy, so I didn't watch it until like three or four hours later. But I was like, "That's crazy." But I do think, and uh, we don't have to talk about Grey Street much longer because the song's just not that good. Um, <laughs> I'm just ribbing those who like love it. Uh, I do think that it was half intentional, half not, because he sings. The chorus, okay, the the, the chorus th- that leads it out, kicking out all the windows and all that stuff, he sings it the way he always sings it. So I think he thought that he was ending it, and then um, whether he printed out the lyrics or one of his family members printed out the lyrics – Uh, clearly he's like, oh, okay, I got another one. I'm just going to roll with it. And then he sings that same chorus again, whereas the older versions, it's not the repeat of the same chorus. So we wait and see on all of that, but it was a cool thing, whether it's a one-off or not. Uh, Nevertheless, it's been a very – it's been a fun month for DMB fans to see um, Mr. Matthews make himself so willingly available to perform through so many different outlets and keep himself busy and entertained and not just play like the same seven songs. Like he's played a a wide variety of them and that's been nice to see.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised with all of that Um, and getting a new song, which has been awesome. Um, And we noticed that, um, you know, that new song was not on your rankings or your uh, bracket there, but I believe that you said did not have enough plays on there um which led me to a couple follow-up questions let's get into it no
3: batson session songs but you
1: had the lily white sessions what gives
3: okay (laughs) so i'm gonna answer this but i will let me just uh let me just lay out i'm sure many people listening to this did see the rankings if you have not for some reason and there's many reasons actually but if you have not seen it um on my own personal website because i was actually going to I've done writing for Relics Magazine. I was going to go to Relics with this, but I was like, they're not going to... I just can't see the editors being like, yeah, well, if you want to write a capsule for 180 DMB songs, we'll just publish the whole thing. They might have, but I was like, ah, you know what? I want total editorial control over this. So I contained it to this because I wanted to combine the rankings in the same story with the bracket, and uh, and so that's why. So anyway, mattnorlander.com, you can see it, uh, easy to find, or just search my name in Every Dave Matthews Band Song Ranked, and it'll easily come up. So... When I put this together, I thought, well, there are so many different things you can take into consideration with what you would rank and what you wouldn't rank, what you would include and what you wouldn't include. Obviously, I eliminated covers. It's Dave Matthews Band song slash Dave Matthews, if you want to get into that, because there are some distinctions. Uh, he didn't write All Along the Watchtower. He didn't write Burning Down the House. He didn't write For the Beauty of Wynona." So those songs do not qualify. I think that's a uh, fairly easy and evident thing uh, as to why they wouldn't be included. Then you've got these other songs that are enjoyable to listen to, Pantanelanaga. Pampa, uh, the Be Yourself slice down, whatever the hell that is on Come Tomorrow, BKDKD, whatever. Uh, You've Mm -hmm. got Grux to start off, Big Whiskey. Those are awesome studio stuff, but they're not like uh, PNP is, it's essentially just a forward to Rapunzel, but Rapunzel kind of stands on his own. So I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to include that stuff because how do you evaluate? a 44-second song against Two-Step. I I just, it's, you know, not that you can't evaluate a a three-and-a-half-minute song against uh, Two-Step, if you will, but I think there are distinct differences, so I didn't include those. I didn't include, like, Kill the Preacher, which has never been fully fleshed out. Um, So I eliminated that, and then I eliminated, uh, just to get rid of, like, another 10 to 15 songs worth considering, just the songs that made one or two appearances or were maybe... um, you know, recorded once and then never really dealt with again, like, uh, falling off the roof, which they recorded. And then it was never put on that Herbie Hancock album. He played it once live. I was like, ah, oh, well I wouldn't even include this. So I was like three plays minimum. Uh, and even then if it's been played three or four times, like I didn't include after her because it became satellite. So anyway, um, why bats and sessions and, uh, not bats and sessions and why lily white sessions? Uh, there is a easy, easy distinction to be made here that, uh, the lily white sessions, while incomplete you it's the way i would put it is that it is a movie that is in black and white It's not done. It needs to be converted to color. But everything is there. You could watch it from start to finish and understand the story that is being told and everything that a filmmaker wanted to put into that story. It's all there for you to see. You just need the color to be filled in. Maybe you need to trim a little bit from six or seven scenes, tighten it up here, there, maybe just a little bit. But you understand what that is going to be. The Batson sessions don't even get to the filming part of that stage. They are songs that widely vary in completion there are a few on there that would have a case to be included but i did not want to pick here or there with some of them and also admittedly i mean i can bring up my i can have it on i have it on this computer i'm going to bring it up right now i'll tell you there are some i've listened to a f- uh, number of times and then uh, there are some of those that i have not listened to like more than twice so it would not have been intellectually uh full of integrity if you will for me to include those i'm gonna i'm gonna do my play count right here i'd say what's the ones i've listened to most the ones i've listened to most are early home drive me away red glare those all have seven six six listens uh mm-hmm. one of the come on come ons have four uh those are the best ones yeah and so and then other ones that like I, uh, bullets and rum is three, but other ones that some people might like in there, like uh, celebrate. A B C is good. A B C has one listen. I listened to it once. So my point yeah, is, I would give that a realism. Yeah, and I will eventually. But it's also just you know it's um, they're just grainier. So uh i didn't want to completely uh muck up the list if you will by including those versus the lily white sessions which undeniably because most of them all of them except one have also been played many many times in concert um that's that was that's a another long-winded way of answering your question bruce
1: (laughs) yeah but i mean that was great um because that was a great um the movie example is perfect the black and white movie, yeah. Lily White Sessions. It does seem like a black and white movie. I think I might go listen to that later uh, at some point this weekend or you know whenever because I'm just at home and just run through it. It literally does seem like a black and white movie playing through my head. That is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think Nolan and I both thought that um, early home, um, drive me away stuff like that that could have been considered. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, you know, if I flesh this whole thing out, I don't know how much of that material would have made it anyways. I have one more before I'll let Nolan ask um, uh, some of his questions. But so Cigarette Lit, that was included. Song is incredible. Love it. I love that it was included. What's your justification for including it? Considering it, I'm not sure it
3: met all the criteria there, Matt. The justification for including it. (laughs) It ranks 77 on the list, so it actually comes. Although I didn't include for the bra- purposes of the bracket, it's DMB DMB bracket. However, you want to say that. It's just a little little play on uh, play on terms there. Um, I didn't include anything off of some devil in the bracket, even though some songs ranked high enough to be included because it's a it's a list, it's a bracket of Dave Matthews Band songs. And all, everything off of Some Devil, Dave wrote, and none of the band members, so far as we've ever known, really had any uh, say in, in building those songs out. So that's why. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, Cigarette Let, you know, in theory, actually came really, really close to, to being in that top overall uh, ranking. The reason why it was included was the same reason why I included a song, like, even though... There's a distinction here like Granny was recorded for under the table and dreaming. Uh, Help myself wasn't was recorded for before these crowded streets. You had beach ball and write a song and all those that weren't included um, in the sessions with big whiskey. Uh, the, there is a difference in that cigarette lit has not been played live to that uh, effect but it's my day list I'll do what I want to do and the song is <laughs> the song is so good that it's basically my way of saying yeah Dave you screwed up this should have been on the album so oh I agree there that's uh that's yeah a
2: thousand percent he whiffed on that one
3: it's it's actually absurd that (laughs) they put two grave diggers on that album and instead of one sticker it's just it's it blows my mind um but whatever but yes there were a couple (laughs) of instances where songs might have uh Broken, broken on through, and and exceptions to the rule, uh, if you will. By the way, as you guys tee up whatever questions you want, if you want to lob complaints, you know, I'll I'll be the sounding board, so you can you can definitely uh, you can roast me for anything. I'm ready for all. Good, because I'm about to roast you again. Cigarette lit has been played live, but it was
1: only simply a partial Dave solo back in 2001. <laughs> I don't know wow. if that counts, but but that was uh, that was immediately when um I saw that one. I was like, man, that one's. Not technically released, never truly been played live, and here it is, you know, middle of this list. I love they included it, but I just wanted a little bit of justification. We're very, very glad that you did include it, because for those of you who have not listened to this song, um, it's not only linked in Matt's list um, as a YouTube clip, or you can just go search for it on YouTube, but it is a beautiful song, and that is one of dave's worst decisions to have a fully fleshed out version of the song in the studio and not including it on an album yeah all
3: right nolan what do you got
1: all right so get used to this because this
2: will be like we're chuck and ernie and shack grilling you and you can be uh i guess you can pretend to be kevin white uh my boss uh since he didn't get a chance to do it this year <laughs> yes
3: and, I, and you know what i have i have to you know it's funny real quick before we go this is like super like people don't even know what you're talking about some of some people but no. um i have talked to kevin a couple of times uh since it all ended but i for i have yet to talk to him about that very thing he actually never had to uh face the firing squad if you will uh we'll have he to didn't. catch up at another date about that exact thing but yeah he's that he was the he's the athletic director at duke and he was the chair of the selection committees. So normally bracket comes out you go on television and then people say what were you doing you were stupid why did this team not get in why as a team here so anyway I, I followed what you said there but I wanted to clarify for listeners that's all
2: I appreciate it and going back to uh, some of the songs left off mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be on the lookout for early home to be played in Dave's next solo gig just to spite you again I think it's going to happen
3: <laughs> okay okay fair uh, that, that's fair enough by the way I didn't include uh, just to loop back around uh, the new song Windows um because one, mm-hmm. I built out most of this list before he even played that. I think, or I was like halfway through, and um, it's like never been played full band. So I think that I think that reason is obvious. But I will say this, to cut you off again, then I'll shut up. Um, I will update this list accordingly as songs emerge now we're going to be delayed here quite a bit now with this mm. covid-19 situation but this isn't just like oh, okay published april 2020 and then there you go no like uh if if 2024 rolls around and and there's another 12 to 15 songs worth including they will be after a certain amount of time to ingest or incubate if you will they will be they will subsequently be added
2: all right well we will be looking forward to that so i'm going to start at the top here and i believe uh, in our last encounter on the podcast, you said "Typical" was your favorite song. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, I think it is. I think "Typical Situation" is my is my favorite DMB song, and I would just uh, and it, it comes in third here again. Mm-hmm. I did. I made slight adjustments in the rankings to account for other things. So just okay. A so ask what you're gonna ask. I don't wanna. I don't wanna ramble. Well, no, I was just gonna say I respectfully
2: disagree with the typical placement and i would probably switch it uh probably with two-step um kind of bump it back i think it's top 10 but maybe not quite maybe not quite on the one seed level
3: okay i'll explain to you why these decisions were made so my top five are 41 number one crush number two typical three ants marching four, c five The reason why, and and two-step is 10. So the reason why 41 is one is, one, that is like one of my three favorite songs, and Mm -hmm. I think when you combine how many different iterations, incarnations, versions of the song there have been, um, lyrically it's, you know, I understand that there are certain meanings that are attached to it, but it's, it's so open for interpretation. It just, it is, it is the ultimate, you know, bin of Legos in terms of DMB songs. You can shape the song to whatever you want it to mean for you, and and get it in so many different ways. Whether it's uh, sure. Dave Solo, Dave and Tim, full band. Uh, you know, the uh, '95 versions are different from '98, are different from 02, are different from 07, and certainly different from 2018. So to me, overall, it and it all. Oh, by the way, it's the song that was not a single, but has as much recognizability to even casual DMB fans as almost any of their singles. So to me, it's. Its influence around the band's reputation is so wide. I just I think that is inarguably the best uh, song that DMB has. So since it rates so high for me, that's why it's one. Crush was number two specifically because and I might have said this on the previous podcast. To me, Crush, mm-hmm. when you consider the strength of the studio cut, um, the power of the live performance, the songwriting intricacy that went into it. Uh, the fact mm-hmm. that you know it is on their best record, it's one of the hookier choral melodies Dave's ever written. Um, it features uh, you know flute and sax and violin and in the live space it's got Carter with a solo. It starts with just Stefan. Uh, it's got really good stuff with Tim. Um, I understand why a lot of hardcore DMB fans probably wouldn't at this point rank Crush in their top twenty. I just think. When you really examine what that is from a songwriting standpoint and what was done in the studio, I think it's irrefutable. And then typical for me is is third, because I'm also a big, big, big sucker for the flute sound. You'll notice that one, two, and three all include flute. Uh, and mm-hmm. the band needs to up its flute involvement by like 20%. I've always felt that way. Now, the <laughs> reason why two-step is lower, relatively speaking, because someone else... I think mm-hmm. who was a uh, uh, was it a coach? I won't give up the coach's name, but a coach texted me and um, was like, "I can't believe that you have two steps so low." And then <laughs> I said, "I said it's it's tenth out of 169 <laughs> songs. It's really more like 180 or 85 if you want. That's like the top five percent. So it's all relative there. I did take in for all of this stuff. It was an amalgam, but it was okay." What's the essence of the song? If there are studio versions, that's gonna pl- That's gonna help you or hurt you. How has the song changed over the years? Has it changed for the better? Has mm-hmm. it changed for the worst? What does it bring to a set list? Um, so I just took everything into consideration with all this stuff. And yeah. two step, I understand. Uh, two step has the one singular. I think. I think. I say this with the Billy's capsule, but two steps. Uh, celebrate we will for life is short but sweet for certain. I think that is the one line, like Dave's written about five or six that are attached to him and the band and and that will outlive him. But I think Two-Step actually boasts the singular line that will stick to them more than any other one he's ever written. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Other than I call you up, you pick up, of course. But (laughs) Two-Step, in my opinion, has just degraded a bit in the past five or six years and that's why it's just a little bit lower if i did this list in 2009 Mm -hmm. i'm i i think i'd probably have it a bit maybe three or four spots higher but i just it took a little bit of a little bit of a knock and part of that's you know Uh, the lack of creativity over the time bomb intro, which I don't fault the man for. Like it's, you know, at a certain point, maybe you just don't want to just vamp off the top of your head every time you say, "Ah, that's fine, do what you got to do. But because of that, that's why it's it's 10th instead of maybe third, fifth or eighth. That's all.
2: So you, I understand that for sure. So you would say that these rankings are a combination of like the song at its peak and a little bit of recency involved as well.
3: Yeah, I would say, well, it's everything. It really is everything, Mm -hmm. and that's why a song... Let me just give you a couple of examples here. It's why a song like 36 is 51st on the list. Now, it's defunct, but F that, because it's better than every day, and I'm going to do what I want to do on my own damn list, but because 36 hasn't existed for 19 years, 20 years... Um, because it's sort of stuck in amber like that, uh, the same way that Monkey Man is just, we have one version of it. And the version we have is incredible, and that's why it's 31st. Because the one version we have of the song is amazing and is A-level stuff. That's why it ranks so high. If it had been played 34 times, 49 times, 77 times over the past two decades, and instead was subject to the uh you know, the half starts and 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 changes to the song that have you know have affected some other DMB tunes, then maybe mm-hmm. it would have been maybe it would have been a little bit lower. Like for example, idea of you is it's mostly the same, but it's it's had some changes there. One Sweet World is much lower because it's been changed for the worse. So that's that's why some songs rank maybe a little bit higher than some people might expect.
1: Definitely makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um and <sighs> I understand you were discussing the flute oh, part, gosh. but where, why, what, what is going on? You were talking about you love the flute. Say Goodbye is down in the 30s. It's down in the doldrums. I mean, it is it is down there, yeah. at least to me. Um, I would think that, you know, being a flute lover,
3: that it would have been a, a lot higher. So what's going on there? All right, first of all, the doldrums is not the 30s. The doldrums, like, is like... <laughs> that's like here on out at 132 <laughs> we'll you'll just the doldrums later all right that's the doldrums there uh in fact i think you mentioned say goodbye i'm bring i got the thing in front of me right so this is how i start it's a, it's number 38 and this is the first line that i i'd say this is about where we enter into the great tier. So again and again is thirty nine. Say goodbye is thirty eight. So mm-hmm. if you were tearing out all this stuff, one through thirty eight wouldn't be in its own tier. But that would really be when you entered into the final level of the video game. Okay, that's when you get into, you know, the all-time stuff that the band and and the man have ever written, and it's right there. I I understand uh, the point you're making there. It's it's a really really good song. The one thing. And I don't know if you guys have ever done this or if you did it afterward or anyone that's us ever done it. If you actually have to list out the songs, okay, if you say, I'm going to rank all of these songs, and once you get to like 24, 26, you're like, damn it, I still have like these songs that I haven't listed yet. It actually gets pretty, pretty, pretty tough. And yeah, mm-hmm. so I have Say Goodbye at 38. I have Cry Freedom at 37. I would... Prefer to hear Cry Freedom at a show over Say Goodbye. I would prefer to hear Virginia in the Rain at a show over Say Goodbye. And br- the strength of Ooh, Virginia in the Rain wow. studio wow. cut. also. I would. Here's the reason I would, though. Because Virginia in the Rain is not, for me, again, this is my list, my preferences. It is not a quiet, boring song. It is. It has mm-hmm. dynamism to it. It's also... It's creative. It's one of the, what, five songs that has Dave on the keys that is actually fairly good. And, um, and so that's, that's part of it. But anyway, so if you got Say Goodbye low, I understand that. Um, I actually think that Say Goodbye, like, in 2000, 2002, 2004, I think it was a more beloved song then than it is now. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say it's not really like now. It is, but I actually think that it's, uh, it's, some of its shine has faded just a little bit over the past decade plus.
1: I would, I would agree with that. And I think yeah, you know, you're, you're right. Once you flesh out a list like that, that is probably closer to where I would put it. But seeing it there, it really uh, stuck out to me. And then when you mentioned the flute part, I looked at it, I was like, oh, whoa, wait, I think that the uh, other major um, issue that I had in the great category, um, which, by the way, uh, quick Aside Virginia and the Rain being up there, love that that studio cut is like you said one of the best they've ever done. And I don't know all if time. I'd quite have it that high if I listed um, all the songs, but it is it is really really good. Nolan and I have a big affinity for that song. Anyways, the other um, the high you know in that great category, Stone at Seven to me to others probably not blasphemous is just. Uh, I mean, uh, cardiac arrest.
3: Not seeing Stone in the top three, four, five songs. <laughs> okay, it's so <laughs> funny. I'm definitely on a DMB podcast when the Stone is seventh, and I'm getting some grief for it. Um, all right, I'll just run through the. Uh, so we we did one, two, and three. Uh, four mm-hmm. is "Ants Marching." It's just the sound of that song. It's anthemic. You, you guys both have to agree that. Although what Ants is now is not Ants with Roy. I get all of that. Um, The attachment and identity of the band is more affiliated with Ants marching than any other song. Would we agree on this point? Oh, yeah. Has to be, right? Yep. So, you know, and I, is it in my top five favorites? No, Um, but it's, it's definitely up there. It'd be like top 15 for me, for sure. Now, again in 2020 i understand it's 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 louder than it's ever been and there and there, no violin hurts it so i get all that and i didn't deduct uh, too much t- in too many places for songs that don't have violin anymore cuz it's who knows if they're going to ever bring one back whatever anyway so that's why that's got to be top 5 then i'm so, like the stone is a great song Again, the stone is a great song seek up is a better song it has it has it has better lyrics it's got uh it's got an intro that I would say is better. Uh, it's got an outro that I would say is better. The Stone is really, really good. The margins here are, f- are practically minuscule. I've got Seek Up at five. I've got JTR at six. And I've got the Stone at seven. And the reason JTR is at six is there is no part of the Stone that is as good as the outro to JTR. Okay? There's oh. just just not there's not one part of it the stone that's fair that is as good as the ending of jtr that is and as well, i wrote fair
1: it, it, it can be it can be debated but it's just not true like we can debate it it's just not true guys i mean come on but you know outro jtr oh so epic
3: yeah i mean it just it's it's an it's an incredible song it's an inventive guitar i actually think like the stone guitar riff fun uh difficult to play when you're learning it um but from a songwriting standpoint, JTR is a, a more difficult, a more creative, uh, and a and more adventurous song than The Stone. So again, the, again, you practically need a microscope to see the difference between these. So that's why I have The Stone coming in as a very strong seven.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. And I love the the uh, love for Seek Up too. I think that that is, um, especially in its heyday, hoo,
3: hoo, 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 baby. Yeah, and to me, that's just, the, everyone has their own favorites. To me, there is that is the best show opener that the band has. You they cannot start a concert better than with C cup. That to me it's just it is the Ooh. song that is my ideal opener, and it it always has been. Um, so yeah, that's just that's just my take.
1: Oh, I,
3: I would agree, and my other one would be
1: Stone. Nolan and I were both lucky enough to see. Uh, those two open back-to-back shows. Jeff Coffin's first two shows in 2008 after Roy's accident. First show opens with a stone, and the next night we go, they open with Seek Up. So two pretty uh, just you-can't-get-better-than-this openers for Jeff Coffin back in
3: 08. That's awesome stuff. Good deal. All right, what else you got for me? Well, oh, yeah.
1: No,
2: I think, I mean, obviously your you're top, I'd say, 15 are pretty spot on whether you move around – in a switch them in a few different spots. I'm glad you never know is up there. Cause that's probably the best song I think oh, Dave's written yes. since 2000. Um, but yeah, I think I get into a little bit more of, you mentioned it earlier, blue water baboon farm at 18, probably, uh, probably not going to make the cut for me there. And then we'll go through just a few of these, uh, Blue Water, lying in the hands of God at twenty-one. I do like the song. I'm not a huge fan of it live. In the twenties, I'd probably, I'd probably move Nancy's and Pig a little higher up. Yeah, Bruce, you were uh, kind of in agreement on that.
1: Yeah, um, I that was that was my first like actual real whoa when I saw lying in the hands of God at twenty-one. Uh, that was the first mm-hmm. one that you know obviously like I can yell and. Go crazy about stone being at seven but you know when we're being truly honest here lying in the hands of god at 21 and then i think you had again and again at uh 39 there those were some yes. that i was actually really surprised to see that high um pretty decent studio cuts i didn't really like that how they changed uh from bob law to again and again slowing it down and making it more like molasses-y if you will but mm-hmm. um yeah, go ahead and um, explain yourself here. I will. I mean,
3: again and again is above like Jimmy thing and stuff. I mean, what? Jimmy thing is is the fact that it's been beaten into the ground and hasn't evolved enough as being held against itself. So that's that's it's the band's own fault that it's at forty uh, at this point. So yeah, it just it's undeniable at this point. I mean, it just it's they have changed up uh, the outro four times in twenty years, three times in twenty years. And, um, it's just, it's totally, uh, just by the numbers, just, it's just, it's not, it's not an inspired song anymore. So that's, that definitely hurts Jimmy thing there.
2: I would argue though, that it is as stale as it is. It's better than what they've done to again and again, live. I live has not been, it's still fun, still fun. Again and again has gone way downhill for me in the live setting. The studio track is great.
3: Studio track helps it uh it helps it a lot there. It 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 does and um yeah, I think it's Defon's work is great on it and I think it's a pretty it's a pretty great Dave part. Now he doesn't play it anymore, uh, with the keys since Buddy's up there, Mm -hmm. but um it's definitely uh yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of it and I didn't try and inject recency bias. I tried to resist nostalgic pull. So I you know, I also put the list together thinking like, all right, five, ten years from now, is this going to look good? Like, is this going to age well uh, to have these songs as high as they are? And I I do think that there is a fairly good chance of that. I will say this. Um, You both mentioned Nancy's and Pig. Uh, I've -hmm. had, I don't even know how many people tweet their brackets at me. It's been fun. Continue to do it. I like looking at what everyone does there. Uh, I would not change the rankings of these songs, but if you were to objectively <laughs> say what th- you know in classic NCAA tournament committee uh, reactions, what team/slash songs got underseeded, it is undeniable that "Pig" was the singular song that was underseeded in this bracket because I have seen yes. so many pigs make the Final Four, and I'm like, what? Really? Really? Um, uh-huh. It's a it's a it's a wonderful song. Again, I said, I wrote. All I know is it just makes me feel good whenever I listen to it. That's without a doubt the case. And I mm-hmm. do, I do remember putting this together and thinking I'd have it probably four or five spots higher if I knew a violin would return to it. It's just not the same song without a violin. Boyd's not a, yeah. he's not a top-notch violinist. I get all that, but it is on the short list, and by short list I mean among the four or five songs whose existence is. Irrefutably improved by the sound of a violin on the song. That's it with Pig. That's why it's lower than it is. Nancy's is at 29 mm-hmm. right behind mm-hmm. it. Nancy's is a is a wonderful song again. The difference here is 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 minuscule here. Uh, great lyrical effort from from DMB. Um, the outro has never really changed. I was fortunate to get the evil outro in Hartford all those years back. A uh, happy accident, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but it's kind of always been the same, and that's fine. Like you can have songs that never change; that's fine. Um, but uh, because of that, sometimes you might get something docked against you just a little bit here or there. Uh, to me, lying in the hands of God is freaking tremendous. Uh, I think it's it's vocal melody, and not just the studio cuts. Awesome. Um, I think the way that they actually and some of this, some of these songs, and how they were ranked. Uh, since I play the guitar, and I, I can, I probably know 110 of these damn things on, on the axe. Um, I uh, certain songs were ranked highly because the actual, like when you really disassemble Lying in the Hands of God and see how it was written, it's extremely impressive. Uh, from how the vocal melody plays off what Dave is playing on the guitar versus what Stefan's doing on the bass, uh, from a drum perspective, I think it's uh, among one of the stronger, oh, yeah. later career efforts from Carter. These things all take a part in that. And then I actually still do like it live. Uh, the ABI outro, I'm not, I'm not big on. That's one of those things mm-hmm. where, and I wish DMB had the ability to do this more, but they just don't. And that's fine. It's whatever. It's just, it's just, it's just a nitpick there. Um, it'd be so great if DMB was like, you know what, we'll do this once out of every seven times we play the song. Let's not do it every time. Let's like surprise the audience, and we'll just do this just every so often. If they did that, I actually think it would make it even better um, just to not yes. know what would be coming. But instead, it just becomes mm-hmm. a thing, and they do it every single time. And then there might, for all we know, because of the way the operation of the band works, and I'm talking in terms of uh, soundboard and lighting, it might just be like, hey, you know what? We don't want to necessarily do that because we don't want to throw. Fenton off or whomever else off, so that might be the reason Whatever, but it'd be cool if they did it regardless But yes, I am super high on Hands of God, and it's the one song Where I remember when I listened to Big Whiskey for the first time, because a buddy of mine Had Obtained it, I can't remember that Like how the days broke down I, All I know is I got the album before it came out Because then he gave it to me yep. on a Burn CD And then I listened to it in the house that I lived with At my buddies at the time um, And this was the one song or I was like, yep, they still got it. That's the that's the really really good one, and I've never kind of gone off that since I heard it the first time.
2: And Tim's on acoustic.
3: He is on acoustic, which he should be on acoustic live, but he's not. So it goes. Yeah,
2: jump ahead a couple of, I would probably would have had uh, they move Billy's and Granny a little a little farther down. Those are two of my my all timers. So I mean,
3: you mean but, move move them further up?
2: Yes, sorry, move them further up. Buddy um, of my
3: buddy of mine, did the bracket yesterday and granny won this whole damn thing i was like you're the first granny i've seen this is a- you're out of your mind right now wow wow yeah i don't know about that i'm gonna tell you his final. it's like yukon 2011 or whatever it was yeah it's he's out of his mind <laughs> his final four he had granny over pig and then he had crush and he had say goodbye in the final four so there you go
2: that's solid i don't granny i don't think granny can win that but uh yeah a good effort underdog story yeah exactly I do think it's interesting looking through some of these, you know, seeing where different uh, song periods for the band stand out. A lot of love for Some Devil, except I believe you have Why I Am over Stay or Leave, and that is very uh, curious to me. What, What were your thoughts on that?
3: uh because why because circumstances that r- revolved around the construction of mm-hmm. Y I M and what the song represents um if you yeah. it's hard to do this now because the, the album's more than a decade old but i think for a lot of dmb fans that listen to this there's a certain it's like the it's it's like putting the right spice in the meal the way now the the studio cat is lacking in some ways but the overall approach to the song the horn drive to start it it's almost like mm-hmm. it's a cousin to how Billy's or Too Much or Gray Street start there's just something about it where it's like oh yeah no that's that's only DMB could have written a song and have it start and sound that way so when you consider that okay and 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 it is a um it is a boisterous uh tribute to Leroy Moore uh yeah the, the <laughs> The good and not so good of his personality, you know, Snake in the Woodpile. I think all of that stuff. I think it's such a wonderful achievement. And as I wrote there, like, who knows if DMB will ever be in the spot where it is fortunate enough to knowingly play its final show ever. But if it is, even mm-hmm. though this is not among its 50 best songs, Y.I.M. Mm-hmm. just simply has to be, let's say they play a 24-song set. You know, let's get ambitious with that. It has to be mm-hmm. one of those 24 songs. At some point in the set, they need to play that. The final show, the Ode de Roy. Uh, so that's why. Stay or Leave's a, a wonderful song. It's probably my wife's favorite song off of that album. That might not be a good thing, but hey, we're coming up on our seven-year anniversary, so I'm cool <laughs> with it. Um, I've got Stay or Leave at 55, Bismarck at 54, YM at 53, and um, I just think it would have been, it, you look at Baby Blue, which is the other Roy song, it's just not that good. Um, if if they had kind of mm-hmm. not quite gotten it, uh Y M that is, There it would have been no fault of their own, but I thought they I thought they nailed it. It's a solid B plus.
2: I like it. That's a good yeah.
1: I like that explanation. Yeah. I think that uh especially the deep dive kind of into the lyrics. Not many people would do a deep dive into YM am lyrics, and I really appreciate that you brought that up because that is a great kind of microcosm of the man that was Mr. Moore. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with that after the explanation makes perfect sense. Nolan, I think you had another one that was kind of offensive to you and both of
2: us. So, super offended. Oh, hold on, I want, uh, can I just
3: try and guess it? Yeah. give me Just yeah. give me the 20-song range that it falls in. It can be the top of the range, the bottom of the range, dead middle, I don't care. Just give me the range, and I want to try and guess this.
2: It's between 60 and 80.
3: And this will be a song that you think is too low?
2: Yes, I think it, it's easily top 50. Easily. Okay,
3: so the song between 60 and 80 that you would think is easy... Listen, again, this is a testament to the band's index, okay? There are so many mm-hmm. good songs yeah. in here. The one that I think is most likely... <laughs> all right, I'm going to narrow it down to five, and then you're going to tell me if, mm-hmm. if it's one of the five, and then I'll give you the one, Okay. Okay. Between okay. sixty and eighty on my list, you've got uh you've got so damn lucky, I'll back you up, Kit Kat Jam, Grace is gone, and Proudest Monkey. Is it one of those five?
2: It is one of those five.
3: I'm going to say <clears throat> all right, I'm gonna say Proudest Monkey.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> The answer is Grace is Gone.
3: Okay. All right, here's what we're going to do. Right, here's what we're going to do right now. Uh, how the turntables have turned, Michael Scott, if you will. Uh-oh. I've oh, been yeah. I've been defending <laughs> all this stuff. You two dudes are going to tell me you are now going to explain why these songs need to be ra- rated highly. So you need to make the case for why Grace is Gone is a top 45 song, if you will. Go. No. Okay. Well, I'll start.
2: First off, I think your description of it as Dave Matthews's Willie Nelson song is spot on. I love the country twang of it. Um I think some of his better lyrics and one of his more personal songs. Um I always think about the Gorge uh, and that Gorge uh DVD release and uh yeah I just think this is some of his strongest songwriting very fun to play on guitar finger picking that song and uh i i don't know I might have to put this I might put this in my
1: thirties
3: okay yeah do you agree nice. bruce yeah. or do you have a do you have a separate song that you want to make a case for here
1: no 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 that was that was the one that we kind of had picked out beforehand um and I, you know, to make the case for inside top fifty, I think it was, you know, a a new sound for the band. So the band has a lot of different sounds that they cycle through, or that they test out and try. And I thought that that was one that definitely won. Like they can nail that sound. It's a very versatile song. You can open with it as they did. Um, Gorjo to kind of ease people into the set. I think it's a beautiful opener. You can come out of a lot of songs and go into Grace has gone. Sort of, you know, those. Um, nice, smooth segues. You can go out of Grace Is Gone into a lot of songs. Um, It's a, you know, as I said, opener. You can put it in the E1 slot. You can play it Dave solo. Love it, Dave solo. Love it, Dave and Tim. Love it, full band. You can get some Mm -hmm. fantastic Roy from back in the day. Um, And Jeff, you know, I think uh, Buddy has been soloing on it on piano lately, and I thought that that was a nice change of pace. Um, it, It just, I don't know, it has always just kind of struck a, chord with me and the fact that it is kind of derivative from the rest of the band's sound that I think that it deserves to be thrown in with that great
3: category um, of songs there. So it is the 2000 song, 2000 era song, if you will, that I was least receptive to when it debuted. Not to say I didn't like it. Uh, I Hmm. I even liked gray street more for sure. When it, uh, when it came out, um, so that probably played something of a part in it um there are two songs off of busted stuff back to back on the list busted stuff is 65 grace is gone is 66 i remember getting to this part of the list here i'll read off 60 to 70 real quick for listeners who might need a refresher idea of you is 60 one sweet world is 61 too high is 62 sugar will is 63 Pay for what you get is 64. Busted Stuff is 65. Grace is Gone is 66. Help Myself is 67. Kit Kat Jam is 68. And Dreams of Our Fathers is 69. Um, Nice. There were certain, yeah. uh, There were certain parts of this list where it just became throw them in a bowl, pick out your hand and it's going to have to be. Now, ultimately I was like, okay, I mm-hmm. I would, I, all right, you, you tell me right now, Grace has gone or busted stuff. I'm going to choose busted stuff. Okay. Busted stuff for pay for what you get. I'd rather listen to pay for what you get. Like it, it, it did get to that kind of level. Um, it's yeah. a good song. I will take it at every show I go to, but whenever they play it, I'm like okay cool this is good it's it's not one where my enjoyment meter spikes whenever it starts it's It never dips and it never spikes it's it always has a way of just keeping the concert you know on on the path that it should be going, so to speak um, so mm-hmm. that's that's how I would uh, how I would define it but listen i'm Open to any and all criticisms here, and I understand that. I heard I had a few people kind of have an issue with how low that it was that it was ranked that one in particular, um, which is fine. Bracket correspondence, my rankings where the songs were seeded, it, it, it kind of was you know an A to A thing there. And so, Grace Is Gone was the 15 seed in the Deer Creek region, going up against number two JTR.
2: That's a tough matchup too. There, they, they we'll get into the bracket here in a little bit, but there were so many. Tough matchups where just all time favorite songs pitted against each other um and grace for me is one that I'm still kind of chasing. I've seen it once, Dave and Tim, and that's it. Uh, oh, I believe wow. it got cut from one of the one of the shows we were at Bruce, probably for time bomb, which is unfortunate
3: that's it's not ideal,
2: no, no, um but I think I mean, I think the rest of the list I mean pretty much in agreement um obviously you are not a lunatic because you have the stand-up songs as the worst as well as blackjack uh so that, that's <laughs> I gotta very sure
3: i when i started this thing so I, that's when i remember I, I found the list on my google drive and it was mostly always all the good stuff right and so when mm-hmm. i did the list i started from worst to best and I was like, "What am I gonna put last here? What?" And uh, I was just basically everything from one sixty-one to one sixty-six. Dream girl, mother, father, Mm -hmm. time bomb, hunger, smooth rider, angel, stand up, steady as we go, blackjack. All of those were in contention, but ultimately, blackjack is the worst song. That's that's the worst DMB song.
1: It is steady as we go is cannot be the second worst song though.
3: Oh, it is. is. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's, no, it's no good, man. It's just not. It's, oh. it's bad. And here's the problem is like, and and listen, I know some people listen to this. Again, this is my own opinion. So if you love the song and you played it at your wedding, um, my apologies to everyone that had to attend your wedding. Okay? He did. I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm just joking with you. But yeah, to me, it is, it, it is DMB at its least self-aware ever. I just, I just think it's awful. <laughs>
1: yeah um we we just had it as uh our last song when no one was in the venue um after everyone had <laughs> and, left and what does that tell um you? <laughs> someone when we were uh yeah i mean it, you know we were not playing that in front of everybody someone when we were learning our dance for our uh um, first dance song which was an andy grammar song actually um someone was using steady as we go to learn their dance and i was kind of like well how are they actually going to learn a dance to this song Um we're just using it so that we can literally you know sway in our venue as the last song before we have to walk outside
2: mm. Mm. well I don't know that's that sounds a little fishy Bruce you played steady as we go at yours and we had crush at ours so I don't I don't know
1: Well, no one else heard it, so it's okay. Um, I did want to, before we got to the very (laughs) bottom, which Nolan just did and made me embarrassed to have Steady as we go at our wedding, um, (laughs) I wanted to commend you on putting in She at 86. I think that's a really good song, really good uh, studio cut for sure. Um, And for some reason, a lot of people hate that song and think it's absolute trash, which I don't really understand
3: i i i understand i actually do i understand because again and you can say this really of about 20 songs that are on the list but she would be among the top three like there is nothing else in the in 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 the canon that's like it it is different from everything else in so many ways but Mm -hmm. that's the one song off of come tomorrow and where the chorus will just be like in my head for like two days, like out of nowhere, it's just like there's just something about it. So yeah, that's uh, oh yeah, that's, uh, that's a that's that's a that's a good one, and I'll 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 take that at a show almost any single time. So I I appreciate your appreciation for it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then I had uh, I thought Doobie thing at one twenty seven um, is far too low, and the only reason that. I kind of get why it's down there, but just my affinity for it would have it higher. And I don't know where it would fall on my list, to be honest with you. But I saw that and I was like, oh, wait, I forgot about that song. (laughs) Man, that song just seems so much better than like a a Mercy at 125, which your quote for Mercy is, it's fine, moving along. And I'm like, well, uh, Doobie Thing
3: is way better than Fine and let's move along from this song, in my opinion. You Um, do have a case there. Um, You have a case. I, I... you know, it's not one-to-one here, so to speak, but Doobie Thing not having lyrics, at least Mercy did have some. Not to say that a song without lyrics can't be better than others. They they can. Um, yeah. But Doobie Thing just, it was a it was a a, a quick phase for the band and then disappeared. I, I, I include in the capsule for that, it's, it's not direct, but it has long been my suspicion that the segue song from Dreaming Tree into Pig, it's almost like... Dave probably had the riff for Doobie Thing, forgot how it went, and tried to remember to incorporate some of that into the segue song out of Dreaming Tree into Pig. Those listening to it, play Doobie hmm. Thing. I can see that. Play Doobie Thing, then go queue up Dreaming Tree, fast forward all the way through it, get to the end, listen to it, and just be like, uh, they're not they're not alike, but I can see how they're the same. So, anyway.
2: I never thought of it like that. That, that makes sense, though.
3: I got a couple questions for you before we get to the very bottom of the list. Okay. I was wondering uh, what you thought of my inclusion um, of Dive-In at 123, at Old Dirt Hill at 122, and there was one more that I had here that I wanted to mention. Oh, and People People at 112.
2: Hmm. I would say Old Dirt Hill studio track is absolute garbage. It is. But in the live setting, what they did to it, it's... I mean, it's pretty good. And like you said, Dave and Tim version. Dave and Tim versions are like good, that. man. The Dave and yeah. Tim
3: versions are really good. Mm-hmm. really good. In many ways, yeah. that song is an indictment on stand-up more than anything else when you can say, here's what a song is, and here's how it can be completely mutilated in a studio environment.
1: Yes. No, f- totally agree. Yeah, 100%. I would have put Dive in, in front of way in front of Old Dirt Hill just because of the abomination old Dirt Hill was in the studio.
3: Fair enough. It was. It's more off of the strength of the songwriting uh, there, and uh, and and kind of the guitar playing that goes along with it. And then I know Dive In is. uh, It's it's fairly maligned. Um, You know, as I wrote, like it's not among my favorites, but I've actually thought it's 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 pretty solid. I I think it's you know it's got a couple of uh, interesting facets to it. But when I was building this out, I was thinking. You know, again, it's not ranked super, super high or anything like that, but I have it at 123. I mean, I've got it above Shake Me, I've got it above Doobie Thing, I've got it above Every Day, I've got it above the beloved You and Me amongst the the mainstream uh, fan base. But yeah, to me, I I just find that song to be a little bit better. But I thought you guys might disagree, so that's why I wanted to to ask you about it. I
1: actually like Dive In. Yeah, and then People People is right around the the right spot, I think. Um, I you know I could see it being higher. Um, good song. Nothing great or spectacular, and I think, you know, it's a little bit warmer. It has a warmer reception for fans because it hasn't been played in a million years. Um, But I still, you know, if it was played today and something that was written today, I think people would kind of be like, what? He's saying people, people? like?" And just, you know, I think that people would probably not necessarily like it nearly as much as they do. I think that was a fair ranking for it. Blackjack being the worst song is probably pretty accurate. Um, Smooth Rider is right there for me. Hunger for the Great Light is right there for me as well. So all those right there at the bottom. uh, I mean, Smooth Rider is just so bad. I guess at least it has a Tim solo sometimes. Um, And Blackjack had just such perfect intro music and had such a great chance to be good. And I don't know what in the world they decided to do with the rest of that.
3: Yeah, it's it's not good. I don't know if anyone connected to the band will ever find this list or read it, um, but I'm probably not doing myself any favors that, you know, I go from worst to best. And so the first line of the worst song is, all of the creative instincts and songwriting quirks that can lead DMB to construct such interesting songs and or subsections of songs completely backfires and folds in on itself on this gibberish-laden disaster. I don't know if I was in a band. <laughs> if I was in a band well and, I, and I read that one first, I might be like, fuck this guy. I'm not reading anymore." Yeah, now. Probably. <laughs> no, 100%. Um, but I mean, yeah. yeah but it's you true. Know, I did
1: kind of like it when it first came out. I was like, oh, I kind of like the music to it. Dave scatting over it's fun. And it does have a nice intro sounding. You know, it does have a good sounding intro. Um, but yeah, I, it just kind of became a little bit of a disaster. And I, I think I'd agree with that gibberish laden thing but they may you know that's probably why they haven't played it in years they
3: you know dave probably, was probably like mm, not so great mm. all right last question for you i don't know if you have any other stuff in the lower ones i wanted to know anything if there's any song that is let's go from let's go from abi at 142 to the end of the list at 169 if there are any songs in there that even though they're not highly rated uh, you would qualify as like guilty pleasure for me. I'll answer it first in case you oh, guys yeah. got to, in case you got to think about it. For me, um, and I and I and I I have it uh, in the description. Um, that girl is you is actually a quality show opener. I saw it open a show and I was yes. surpri- I was surprised by how well it worked. I don't like the studio cut. Uh, I don't think the song is that great. But in terms of a show opening number, it actually does a fairly good job. So among the lower, you know, the bottom tier, if you will, um, that would be the one that qualifies for me.
2: I'm with you on that. Great opener. I saw with Prez Hall Jazz Band, and, I mean, they just take it to the next level. Uh, my guilty pleasure on this list is Break Free and. uh, I know you mentioned in here, some of the fan base adores the song. I am part of uh, that group. I love the riff, Dave on the Berry. Um, I think you'd say you don't like the chorus. I, I've i always liked it. Um, what bothers me, though, and we've talked about it on the pod before, but from 06, it has just gone, has been played sparingly and has just gone downhill live. And now they've gotten rid of the jam at the end, uh, the fast-paced jam. With the horns going off, uh, and that's, that's upsetting to me. It's more of a jazz jam with uh with Buddy now in its latest iteration. So, and that's always been a song I've liked though.
1: Yeah, that's a good choice. Um, Break Free is one that stood out to me. Also, Trouble. I really, really like Trouble. I really like those Dave and Friends shows with uh, Tim and Trey, um, on both. You know, kind of dueling Sonics in the background. Just that sonic scape soundscape that they're painting and um i think they both solo some dave would do some yelling at the end just kind of a nice song i always liked the album cut of it as well um it is i think you say that it's just kind of filler it seems a little bit filler ish yeah i would agree with that but it is definitely a guilty pleasure song that i can enjoy pretty much any time that it comes on, especially those Dave and Friends performances.
3: All right, good deal. Any more comments or shall we get to the brackets?
2: I'll throw in a, uh, I'm a big cornbread guy, so I wish that was a little... uh, Never stood a chance. No, I I figured it in. You
1: would be. I like it. Hey, all right. All right, everybody. Well, this seemed like a good place to stop. We are going to cut our conversation with Matt Norlander into two parts here so you will be getting another episode from us here very shortly where we go over the DMB bracket that Matt so graciously put together and we will be uh, going over that with him with all of our um, matchups and everything so be sure to check that out later this week but this seemed like as good a time as any to um, take a little break here Nolan so uh yeah I guess yeah we'll see everybody here in just a couple days on the corner of Gray Street. Does that sound good enough to you, Nolan?
2: Yeah, let's do it. we got plenty to chop up here with this first episode and uh, episode two coming soon.
1: Perfect. Well, thanks for listening yet again, and we'll see you on the next episode of the corner of Gray Street.